The Water Coolest daily financial newsletter is now powered by Barstool Sports. It's the only newsletter that I read every morning to stay informed on what the hell is going on in the markets. You can check it out at barstool.link slash watercoolest. That's barstool.link slash watercoolest, W-A-T-E-R-C-O-O-L-E-S-T. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Tea with Publicity presented by my favorite tequila hard seltzer, Mamitas. Mamitas is a hard seltzer with real tequila, and it comes in four delicious flavors, mango, pineapple, paloma, and lime. I know you guys know that my number one is Paloma, and I saw someone from the Tea Tribe this weekend tag me that they had bought the Paloma and they were drinking it. So I love you guys for taking my recommendations and trusting me. And if you want to try it yourself, you can get it in the variety pack or you can get it in one of the flavors, and you could find it at drinkmamitas.com or order it on GoPuff. So I hope you guys like it as much as me. I know you will. If you're a tequila drinker, there's nothing not to like it so good. So let's get into this week's episode. Okay, there's a there's a lot. Um, so first of all, I want to lay out what we're gonna what's gonna happen here today. So I have um I'll do my intro as I do. We'll we'll catch you up on the couch update and I have some advice I want to share with you guys. Then we will go into the interview this week, which is with Kaylee Peppers from Cheer. She is the uh, she is the person that stepped in to help Monica when Monica went on Dancing with the Stars and they needed a coach. And I asked her all of the logistical questions that I have been dying to know, like, I don't get it. Why could you just like join the team and not join the team if it's a college, if it's a college sport? How are people just coming and going and if it's a two-year college, then how come some people are on the team for four years? Like, what are the logistics? What is the, the dynamic? She answers all my questions. I feel like people at home are wondering these things, and I finally had the chance to ask them to someone. So hopefully it will clear it up for you guys, too. After the interview, as always, we will do the Ask Alyssa segment, and I'm going to tease part of a new segment, the Scandi segment, which is something new that I am introducing, which I will tease later. And then we will wrap up by spilling the tea. We have to discuss Euphoria, the finale, Love is Blind, and I picked up a new show, Joe Millionaire, which I want to talk about. So stick around for that. While I have you guys here in the beginning of the episode, I do want to just acknowledge what is going on in Ukraine. Um, obviously, it's awful. There is a war going on. Innocent people are dying, and um, it just doesn't feel right to not acknowledge that. Obviously, I know what's going on. I'm reading the news. I'm very sad about it, but my job is to entertain you guys and to bring you laughs and make you feel good, so that's what we're going to do here today, but I didn't feel comfortable not addressing what's going on over there and also I did post something on my stories um, where you could donate if you're interested in sending some money over I did last night to help with refugees so any questions feel free to ask me but I did just want to let you guys know that that is top of my mind and if you guys have any family over there or um, if you're affected or even if you're just battling with mental health or a hard time around this my thoughts and prayers are with you. So, I have a really exciting announcement. I have a live show coming up on April 7th. 
I mentioned this on my last podcast, but I did pick a Thursday because I know some of you like to come in from out of town, which is like so exciting. And it's going to be so fun. We're going to have merch on site for you guys to buy. We'll have photo moments. I'm obviously going to do after party again because I just had so much fun meeting all of you. And um, my new merch is going to be so cool. I'm hand sketching it all myself. It's going to be Let Me Live merch, um, Scandies merch. It's just, ah, I love it. I'm so excited. Um, And I know some of you are unsure about coming alone and my last show a lot of people actually came alone so if you guys are nervous you could join my Facebook group everything's always linked to my Instagram and join there and you can meet up with people like I know last time a lot of people coordinated to meet and then at the after party I remember talking to this big group of girls and I was like oh my god are you guys friends how long have you known each other and they were like no we just met each other tonight through you and I was like oh my god I love you guys so That is a great way for you guys to meet new people, whether you're in New York or you're coming from out of town. So definitely join the Facebook group. Um, Okay, another thing I want to share. I've been, I like love giving people advice. I've always kind of joked that like if I could pick a different profession in the world, it would be to be a guidance counselor, which is like so funny that I choose that and like not a therapist. But I just love giving people advice. And I feel like I found a new niche on TikTok because I have been out here on this app giving advice left and right and people are loving it. And I actually, half of the things I talk about on there are things I want to talk about on the podcast. And I gave some advice about what to do if you send a screenshot to the wrong person. So I'm going to give you guys a little example. Let's say I'm talking to a guy. We'll call him Steve. And Steve and I are going back and forth. And I'm unsure about something he said or I need advice on how to respond. So I take a screenshot of my conversation with Steve and I text it to Gia. I'm like, Gia, like, here's the screenshot. But I accidentally send it to Steve. So now Steve is like, why am I getting a screenshot of our conversation? This is what you do. You say, hey, Steve. um, Oh, sorry. I was just sending that because my messages, I'm not sure if they're going through. My phone is like being so glitchy and so weird. It says I have service, but for whatever reason, my messages, my friends keep telling me they're not receiving them. Is this the last message you had from me? And then Steve will be like, oh yeah, that's the last message I have from you. And you're like, okay, great. Done. He never suspects that you were talking about him, that you were sending a screenshot of your conversation to someone else. It only works in those kinds of situations. Um, Someone else had commented on my video saying, if you send a conversation to a friend that you were having with them, you could always say to them, I just wanted you to read this back from my perspective and tell me how you would, you know, how this information would sound if you were on the receiving end, which is also good. I'm aware this is toxic. Um, I think it's okay to do this if it's with a guy and a girlfriend. If you're doing this to friends, you're probably a bitch and you're talking shit. But let's be honest. Everyone on TikTok is like, or you could just not talk shit. It's like, we all talk shit. Hello, Mother Teresa. Like, come on. Everyone talks shit. Um, So that is my piece of advice. My piece of advice that I gave today, which I stand by wholeheartedly, is this. I have the best pickup line. I think it is fantastic. If you are at a bar and you see a cute guy or girl 
and you guys are making eyes at each other and they're not coming up to you and you're not necessarily going up to them, you have a little buzz in you, you walk up to them and you just simply say, you look so familiar. Where do I know you from? And then all of a sudden they're like, I don't know. I live here. Where do you live? And you're like, no, that's not it. I went to school here. Where did you go? I grew up here. Where did you grow up? All of a sudden you're talking, you're exchanging information And if it's meant to be, you'll keep talking. If not, you say, oh, must have been someone else. And you walk away. No harm, no foul. It's just an easy way to strike up a conversation with the stranger. And um, I think it's pretty damn foolproof. So that is my wisdom for this week. And I want to get into the interview now with Kaylee. And don't forget to stick around after because we have the new segment, Ask Alyssa, and we'll spill the tea. So here's the interview. Kaylee, thank you so much for joining me. I am so excited because I have so many questions about cheer that I'm hoping you could help me answer. (laughs) Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. So, okay, I like have logistical questions. (laughs) I'm hoping you could help. So, okay. How, well, first of all, I want to know all about you and how, like, what brought you to Navarro and then brought you to working with Monica? Okay, so uh, growing up, I am from Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, and my parents actually owned an all-star cheerleading gym Mm. up here. So, like, my entire life has been cheerleading, and, like, that's all my parents did, too. So that's just what has literally just been instilled in me since I was, like, six or seven years old. Um, So I did all-star cheerleading up here in Ohio, and then when it was time for me to go to college, I actually was recruited by Trinity Valley first. Ah. (laughs) And I actually, like was on the team like I was like okay I'll do it I had no idea what college cheerleading was I honestly wanted to go to Texas to do all-star cheerleading Mm. because it's a lot more intense down south than it is you know up north and so I did that and then just um, word of mouth people talking and knowing mutual people someone mentioned to Monica that I was moving to Texas and she didn't know that Trinity Valley had recruited me so uh, they called me and asked me to do Navarro and my parents were like um yes you have to and so um, I had to politely decline Trinity Valley at the end of it Um, and so that's how I got Um, to Navarro so like what okay the logistics questions that I have already are popping up for me because like what makes Navarro the school that people want to go to over these like big 10 like these huge colleges with like could cheerleaders join dance teams like are there other routes you guys could take like what makes Navarro so special I think that what makes Navarro so special compared to other you know college programs is that I think so many kids um, don't want to let go of all-star cheerleading and a lot of college programs don't have, you know, all-star cheerleading near them or allow them to do both. Whereas at Navarro, um, you're allowed to do both. And I feel like that brings so many kids there because it opens so many doors for them to be able to do all-star cheerleading and college cheerleading. And it's so intense at Navarro while still focusing so strongly on academics, you know, um, kids just want to come because we just push that much harder because we only are a two-year school. Okay, and that's my other question. So is it, I remember when I went to college, like the NCAA, um, like players, if you didn't play your freshman year on the football team, then you could 
stay a fifth year and play but you could only like legally play four years on a professional team is it the same for cheer because I think a lot of like viewers were confused knowing that Navarro is only a two-year college but then like people keep coming back and I'm just like what is the eligibility like what are the logistics that's what I think like the consumers are so confused about yeah so when um with NCA college nationals you can only compete five times okay and out of those five times you can only compete JUCO three times. So you can be on Navarro for a year. And like, let's say you don't compete, you don't make the mat, you're an alternate. That doesn't go against your eligibility. So you just spent a whole year at Navarro, but you didn't use your eligibility. So then people come back for a second year and then a third year. Some people have even gone for a fourth year because they didn't make the mat, you know, the first or the second time. And they're like, we're going to make the mat. I get it. So you could really come back as many times as you want, as long as you're only um actually professionally competing three times yes oh my god that clears it up so much because I think that's the one thing that like people at home watching are really confused about like we see Gabby Butler coming back and we're kind of like what how do you just keep like popping back in yeah it's it's crazy um last year when I coached we had probably like three to four, maybe five people that were fourth years. They were there two years and then COVID was their third year in 2020 and then it hit so they didn't get to compete. Mm. So then they came back for a fourth year. So there were so many people on the team last year. But you actually have to be enrolled in school to be on the team. That's my other question. Yes. Yes. So you have to be taking courses. Yes, but most of them, if they've already done their two years and they completed their associates, they will take like one or two classes at Navarro and then dual enroll at a university. Okay, so you could, wow, okay, this is so helpful. So you could technically be at a college on their team and on Navarro? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So it's almost, is it because Navarro, like, isn't in the NCAA? It's, like, its own category, kind of? Well, mm, I'm not really sure. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, like, just trying to wrap my head around this. I think any JUCO, I think if they're, like, affiliated with the university, because I know that the university that they – dual enrolling is Texas A&M I believe Mm. like they they work like hand in hand together so I think that that's how that works oh my god okay this cleared up so much they're not enrolled at any university it's it's Texas A&M okay cool Uh, yeah that's like was my biggest question with people just like coming back and leaving and when you're watching the show you're kind of like how if it's a college like how are people coming and going how are they eligible so that like really helps clear it up for me (laughs) um so how many years did you compete through all three um, how many years did I compete all together or with Navarro? With Navarro. I competed three years with Navarro. That's awesome. And did you win yeah. any of those three or all of them? I won one year as an athlete, lost the other two, and then I coached them in 2018, and we won that year. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So how is it working with – like, how is it going from being a student of Coach Monica to then, like, being beside her? Honestly, for me, it wasn't much different. Um, I had all I had come from my parents owning a gym. And so hmm. from a very young age, I was trained to be a coach. And so I trained for many, many years. I worked, um, you know, with NCA college um, staff all summer long training with other colleges. And then when you're at Navarro, you're as an athlete, you're kind of trained to be a coach. When you're a second year and a third year, you teach, you know, the first years. And Monica and I were always very close. So stepping into that role position next to her, it, it was easy. It was just like as if I were on the team, I just wasn't actually competing again. Well, especially like you said, I think it's important for people to realize the way you grew up because like 
you grew up in a gym knowing your parents having that dynamic, going through that dynamic your whole life. So for you, it's probably just such a natural progression in your life to all of a sudden start coaching. Yes, for sure. And as an athlete, I was always someone that like was a leader mm-hmm. and, you know, um, pushed the team, helped them, taught, the, teach them and things like that. So. Wow. It was, it was interesting to watch this past season, season two, because it was really like three seasons in one with the pandemic and you coming in halfway through and Monica going on Dancing with the Stars. And there was just like so many storylines and things that kind of played out um, yeah. in real time with the pandemic and everything going on. Was it really stressful for you guys to not know what's coming next? Like, are we working this hard for it to get canceled again? Well, I actually, I wasn't there in 2020 um, with them. I was actually at Texas Tech to compete. As far as 2021 season, um, by the time we started filming, we only film um, second semester, so the Mm. spring. By that time, we knew that we were going to compete. The first semester was very up and down. We had no idea what was going on. Um, But second semester, we pretty much knew. Our only concern was hopefully no one got COVID right before we left. Oh, my God, yeah. We were testing two and three times a week. So, like, that was very scary. And then I know you guys announced that you're going on tour or Cheers going on tour. Are you part of that at all? No, I'm not going on tour. Oh, too bad. I, w- I want to go. I want to see it because I saw yeah. some people posting on social media being like, I thought I was done with cheer, but I guess I'm back now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they actually were supposed to, we were supposed to go on tour um, the summer of 2020 and then COVID. So that got canceled and it got pushed back to this summer. So it's very exciting. Oh my God, there's so much going on. Is it hard for you guys or you in particular to navigate like the real life everyday practice with then the press and the social media. I feel like it's almost like you're living in two worlds. You're living in like the cheer world and then you're living in the like celebrity celebrity world trying to also be a public figure now. Yeah, honestly, it, it, it is a little bit stressful, but it's honestly so much fun. Our schedules are very wide open and we do whatever we can to fit in as much practice as, as we need. If we need to bring some type of press to practice, we do. And mm-hmm. we'll, we'll shoot a video right before we practice and then we don't miss a beat. So it's honestly a lot of fun and it's such a great experience for the athletes too. It really is because it's very unique. You know, like yeah. what other sports team is out there performing and then being on Netflix and it's really crazy. I almost think it benefits that everyone's really young because like in college still, because you're at that age, you're like, what's being tired? Like you're exhausted, but you just keep going. Like the you older, just keep going. <laughs> yeah, as I get older, I'm like, I need a bed. <laughs> yeah, literally. They're not sleeping anyway. So yeah, they're like, it's fine. <laughs> um, so what are you currently doing? Like, do you still cheer or are you coaching? Yeah. So when I was coaching at Navarro, I had one more year of eligibility left. And so I was like, I want to use it so bad. I'll never get this opportunity again. And so I decided like right before Daytona last year, I wanted to go back to Texas Tech and cheer one more time. Um, And then over the summer, when it came down to it, I was here in Ohio with my family. And I was like, you know what? I've been away from my family seven, eight years. Mm. I'm having so much fun being here and like kind of living a normal life. I haven't lived a normal life my whole life. Yeah. And uh, so I decided not to go back. And so I moved back to Ohio just to be closer to my family. I respect that because it's probably a 
tough choice to make when there's all these opportunities and there's all these things and like you just kind of listen to your gut you're like this is where I feel best right now yeah for sure that's good so you're just kind of home living a normal life like focusing on yourself yes exactly I love that I think um I like talk about mental health a lot on this podcast and I think it's really important to be able to like make those decisions Mm -hmm. and be like this is what feels best for me right now and now you always still have that year. You, you can still go back, right, for that final or no? I still could. I, I still could, but I won't. You're like, I'm hanging up the, the sneakers. Like, I'm done, yep. the pom-poms. Yep. Oh, my God. So I it's crazy because, like, when we look at stuff like the Olympics or people performing at such a high level, there's obviously, like, Olympic gymnastics. And what is there for a cheerleader to do if they want to continue their career after college but they're like what could what other avenues do you see people going into usually usually people just become coaches um Mm. there's not really any you know career that you can have as a cheerleader where you can you know make money and make have a living off of it and things like that so once you know you kind of age out of all-star cheerleading or you're done with college cheerleading or your body just can't do it anymore 90 percent of cheerleaders become coaches I feel like that's what we need to change, though. Like, hopefully that's what this show is changing, like making it more of a higher level, reputable sport that people could really um, get behind. Because I think if anything, like we're all obsessed. So, (laughs) (laughs) no, I agree completely. Yeah, I wish that there was something, you know, for like cheerleaders outside of being an athlete and things like that are ways they can make a career off of it you know like people are like well why don't you guys do like the dallas cowboy cheerleaders mm-hmm. and those are dancers they're all dancers. okay so that's so. where i get confused because i'm like but you guys are dancers like or i'm like why can't you be a gymnastic tumbler like i get confused between the difference because in my head i'm like you guys do what they do but more mm-hmm. we are like a cheerleaders like a combination of like gymnastics and dance um with like a few of our own elements so i could never be a gymnast i don't have the tumbling technique Mm -hmm. and i can never be a dancer because i don't have you know i wasn't trained as a dancer so they're they're very similar but they're all three very different it's hard to make that kind of transition yeah i see okay that's interesting because that's kind of where my brain always went like i think people watching were like well why can't you just you know take it and do xyz but there's obviously a reason people don't and it's because it's different and we just kind of all consider it to be the same but it's just not exactly so how was um the dynamic uh like while you were filming with um like ladarius and the jerry stuff like was it a very heavy time or do you think that people kind of compartmentalized what was going on with the show and outside um or was that stuff kind of seeping into practice at all when it came, we, Ladarius wasn't on the team. Mm-hmm. So there was no like filming with him that year. Um, we all knew the situations and everything like that. Cause it's so, on social media. Yeah. yeah. Social media was definitely crazy. Yeah. Um, it was hard. It was hard for sure. You know, seeing a bunch of things, hearing a bunch of things all over social media and, and you can't, you know, defend yourself or mm. say your side or anything like that. And then the show comes out and it still kind of doesn't do that. So mm. that was hard. Yeah. And like I I felt like it was sad kind of watching all of the um, like the teammates kind of process all the information that was going on with 
Jerry and Ladarius and Monica leaving for Dancing with the Stars because I feel like it made everyone just in a spot of a confusion. And I felt I felt for everyone watching it because that you have you coming in, which obviously you've been on the team and you're more than capable, but it's also confusing when people are like, we came here to cheer for Monica and now she's not here. Like it probably added a lot of pressure to your plate. Did you feel like you had huge shoes to fill? Honestly, I didn't like, yeah, of course there was a little bit of pressure. Monica's gone wasn't yeah. there, but I was with the program for so many years. You know, I know exactly how practices should be ran. I know exactly, you know, how things should be done and what we need to do. Am I perfect? No, of course not. Yeah. Um, are my coaching styles exactly like Monica? No. Um, but I think that when it came down to the show and like the kids' feelings and things like that, I don't think it showed exactly everything that they, you know, were feeling and all the yeah. things that they had to go through. And so I feel like it kind of just focused on that, on Monica being gone. Mm. And that, that wasn't, you know, everybody was happy for her being gone. Yes, it was upsetting that she was gone. Yeah, they in the supported it. But, but we we loved watching her. We threw we threw parties every time that <laughs> you know she was dancing. Yeah. We all watched live. Um, no, that, so that's I wish true. it would have shown all the struggles the kids actually had to deal with. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I think. Well, first of all, kudos to you because I like your confidence. Like you're like, no, I wasn't worried. Like I think that's <laughs> it. Just goes to show that like you're doing the right thing and you're good at it and you're confident in it because a lot of people would be intimidated or would be scared but you're like no I know how things run and like it was fine and I think that that's really cool um especially because like I said you do have all this experience but yeah I think with every reality show there's definitely pieces that the viewer doesn't see Mm -hmm, is there anything you wish the viewers did see more of that we didn't I wish they could have seen us first semester, and I wish that, um, you know, they, they kind of let Ladarius tell the story of the team first semester, which is com- I, I thought was very unfair. Mm. He wasn't on the team, <laughs> and they make uh. it out like he was. They did make uh. it out like he was. That's why I was yeah. confused. So he he wasn't on the team when the year started, and he tried. Um, he, he reached out about coming back, and so I told him that was okay. And he came for two weeks at the end of the semester and he wasn't allowed to practice with us because he wasn't enrolled in the school. Mm. Um, and then we all had gotten sent home. And so that that storyline was kind of confusing because it wasn't accurate. So I wish they would have seen all of the, the protocol that we had to deal with first semester and all the things we had to overcome. These kids came into the year, you know, thinking Monica was gonna be their coach and then they get to their first practice and she's nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. And um, they didn't get to find out for like three weeks where she was. So they're all kind of confused. And then we had crazy protocol for COVID. Our athletic department, you know, was very, very strict and they wanted to make sure that all sports, you know, could, you know, compete and play and things like that. So the team didn't even get to meet each other for like the first month or so. Hmm. And they weren't allowed to hang out with each other. They weren't allowed to leave um, Corsicana. They weren't allowed to stunt for a very long time. Um, it was it was hard. They weren't allowed to go out to restaurants. They weren't allowed to eat in their cafeteria. They had to go get their food, sit in their dorms by themselves with just their roommates. Mm, like it was sad. hard. Yeah. And so it missed everything that we went through dealing with that and like overcoming and all of the the times where we weren't allowed to practice as a team and stuff like that. And I feel like that should have been shown because they came such a far away and they they overcame all of that. And so that's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. That really shed some light because it did make it seem like 
Ladarius was there and he like was like super unhappy with Monica and feeling betrayed and you and this and that but you're like he wasn't even on the team no. it, it kind of goes back to honestly my initial question how you were like he couldn't practice with us because he wasn't enrolled in school that's why I'm happy that's why I wanted those things cleared up because that's mm-hmm. what we don't get we're like yeah. how can you just like pop into the team and you're basically saying no you can't like you can't practice unless you're in the program and I think that's where as a viewer it gets confusing because we kind of just feel like people are coming when they please yeah so it's like wait what you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that's definitely confusing for sure oh my god well this was so helpful and so nice and I wish you nothing but luck I hope to see you again on tv or coaching or something (laughs) um where could everyone follow you and stay up to date um, Instagram probably is where I'm most active. Amazing. And what's that? It's at Kaylee. It's at K-X-O-Pep. K-A-I-X-O-P-E-P. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Kaylee. That was great. Okay, guys. I know I just mentioned that I have new merch coming out. But in the meantime, don't forget that my old merch is still on the website. It's store.barstoolsports.com. I have the self-care club sweatsuits. I have the Hibley merch. I have the good energy only stuff. I mean, journals, blankets, mugs, the list goes on. So don't forget to shop the Barstool Sports Store at store.barstoolsports.com. And then you just go to brands and you hit publicity and everything that I've created comes up there. And I know some things are limited, so get them while they last. Let's get into the new segment, (laughs) the scanty segment. So let me tell you guys what we're going to be doing here. So basically, I do Sunday Scandies. We know, you know, I talk about it on my Instagram stories where people anonymously write in scandalous stories each week. What I will be doing on the podcast each week is giving you guys exclusive updates that you could only hear here auntie with publicity so a lot of times people write in I respond and then I get hundreds of dms being like we need more info we need more info and it's a lot because I mean I get so many dms specifically on Sundays my dms are blowing up I try to answer everyone but it's hard to keep up with it all so when you tune in you will be getting the exclusive tea on the scandalous stories. So I have two updates for you guys from this past Sunday's Scandies. And we're going to go through them. And they're good ones. A lot of girl on girl. Um, I didn't intend for it to be that way. But those are just the updates that I received. So we will go through this one first. They said, my first lesbian experience was with my cousin by marriage. We were in the eighth grade. She is now married to a guy I introduced her to and I'm bisexual. So I said, I need more details. How did it go down? What's a cousin by marriage? Is it your cousin's cousin or a step cousin? What is the dynamic like between you guys now? She said, cousins by marriage. Her dad and my stepdad are brothers. She was staying the night at my house. We snuck two Coors Lights from our parents. <laughs> I don't know why I love the two Coors Lights. Um, we were in my room. We kissed and just touched each other. We have never talked about it again and acted like it didn't happen. Honestly, a wild experience. And I've talked to my therapist about it many times. Well, Listen, 
we do weird shit in eighth grade. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, me and my friends, you're just in that weird experimental stage. And you're just like, yeah. what's making out? What's this? What's that? Like, you don't know what the hell you're doing. Yeah. And, and you're not related by blood, so it's yeah, not weird. It's fine. Yeah. And you're bisexual now, so maybe you were just... Looking for some answers. You were learning the ropes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sorry it haunts you. You had to go to therapy. Um, okay. We have another another lesbian experience right here. Blacked out and hooked up with my BFF on vacay. We were both, well, we're both, quote, straight girls. She has a boyfriend. We've never talked about it. And it's awkward being around each other now. So I said, how long were you friends? Were you friends? Oh, yeah. How long were you friends for prior? Did you talk about it the next day? And how was the rest of the trip? She says, we've been friends for 10 years. Neither of us brought it up the next day or ever. The next two days left of the trip were so awkward. I was blacked out. So I don't remember much. All I remember was her fingering me and going down on me. And I don't remember me ever doing anything to her she seemed to remember a lot of details from the rest of the day so she wasn't as drunk as me it's been nine months since the trip and we haven't hung out again we have kept in touch through text first of all I feel like doing this with a friend of 10 years is very different than doing this with like a new like flavor of the month friend like someone that you've known for a few months Mm. because 10 years means that like why prior to those 10 years did this not happen yeah so I'm thinking maybe the friend wanted it a little more than than you. Not saying that you didn't either because you went there, girl. But I don't know. Sounds like there might one of them might have some feelings yeah. is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that too. Okay, guys, those are your updates. There was one other Scandi that everyone's begging me for updates on. It was the girl who was hired to sext a politician so then they could use those text messages to leak to make him look like he was cheating on his wife and everyone's asking for an update i've dm'd her we are waiting hopefully by next week we'll have an update on the political scandal that came my way but now we're gonna do ask Alyssa because you know with with the bad there needs to be a little good with the scandies there needs to be a little tameness a little bit of happiness so hopefully now i could save some lives out here um (laughs) i'm not gonna give myself that much credit but hopefully i could aid in helping people so let's get into this week's ask Alyssa we have a long one here ask Alyssa how do you emotionally handle interviewing long story short something major in my current job changed and has left me frantically looking for a new job I'm in the office full-time and scheduling interviews is challenging enough I keep having to make up lies to come in late leave early or last minute and take the day off and I am the worst liar on the planet so it's been rough on top of that after barely fitting in the interviews and giving it my all I'm dealing with rejection and having to start all over again I don't know how to even start when I have drained all of my energy and I'm running out of excuses to do interviews. I guess my general question is what tips do you have for handling all of this because I'm reaching my breaking point and dying for something to work out. Love you in the pod and appreciate your advice. I think that's the hardest thing. It sounds like you're in the office not working from home, which if you were working from home, it would be so much easier. The only thing that you have in your favor is like Zoom right now because Mm -hmm. with the pandemic – I don't know what area you live in. It does sound like you're having to go in person, but the employers have to be respectful of the fact that you have a current job. I used to just say like, hi, like I am currently employed and I can only interview, 
you know, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. because I would start work at 9 mm-hmm. or 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. You leave an hour early or whatever it may be. And they just have to try to make it work around your schedule. And if you have to sometimes lie and go do it, like, then that's what you have to do. But I think otherwise, like, you just have to try to make it work. And in terms of the rejection, I kind of equate looking for a job to waiting for a guy to text you back. You know that feeling? Like, you go on an interview, you think it went well, and then you're just agonizing as you wait to hear back from them. It's the same thing when you go on a date and you're just waiting for that guy to text you. Mm. There's nothing you could do, but it is just the worst feeling. I used to get so anxious interviewing because if you're, especially if you're miserable in your job, you're putting all your eggs into the basket of interviewing for a new company and then you're just waiting, 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 waiting. And it's so disappointing. Um, You just got to keep trying. It sucks. It sucks. There's not much you could do. But that's just the nature of the situation. And one day something's going to stick. I don't know if you have any other advice. Yeah, no, you said basically everything that I was thinking. Just don't let the fear of rejection hold you back. Just got to keep trying. And eventually everything happens for a reason. So you'll find the right fit. And yeah, companies are always usually very accommodating. If you are already employed and are looking for interviews at that place, like I feel like they will be ha- more than happy to help you like schedule an interview around yeah. their schedule and yours. You could try it on like Fridays, see if maybe like Saturdays or Sundays, maybe they'll do interviews too. Yeah, like sometimes they just need to work with you. I mean, it is what it is. Like you have a job. What could you do? Yeah, exactly. Okay, next question. Girl, I think I need some advice from the Tea Tribe on this one. It's a little long with a few different parts, so bear with me. I have been dating this guy for three years. He was previously married and has a 16-year-old son. I've never been married and don't have any kids. When we first met, he said that he would be open to having more kids, but a year into dating, he felt that he didn't have it in him to start over. He was open and honest about it, even though it was frustrating to me. I stayed with him because I'm 30... I stayed with him because at 37, I felt I loved him and didn't want to have kids with just anyone. So why would I risk leaving a relationship that I loved? Fast forward two years and we have been having some issues. Nothing huge, but we haven't been gelling. I started to feel like he was having his cake and eating it too by having a live-in serious girlfriend but not committing in any way. Mm. I also started to second guess not having children because of someone else's decision. Important side note, I lived in his home and when we when we would fight, he would break up with me and tell me I had to move out. That would also frustrate me because at 46 and 37 um that immature threat would not be made should not be made in my opinion. I agree, girl. So two weeks ago, we got into a fight and he spent the week telling me I had to get out. So I did. I left and went to a girlfriend's house. He then kept calling me saying he regrets it, blah, 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 hot and cold. So this past Saturday night, I went out with a group of my guy friends. My boyfriend knows slash has met most of them. One of my boyfriend's friends, who is a girl, mind you, was bartending and must have overheard us talking about going to another bar up the street. Well, I forgot my vest at bar number one, and while I was at bar number two, my boyfriend calls me to tell me that the bartender called him and told him I was on a date and that I forgot my vest. She also told him where I was going. He then proceeds to show up at the bar, sit across from me, waits for me to leave, and then confronts me in the parking lot. By the time I left, 
It was just me and one other guy, but it was the last thing from a date. He has now blocked me on everything, giving me a time, giving me a time and date to come get the rest of my stuff and is literally accusing me of being on a date. My thing is, even if I was on a date, sorry, some of it's cut off. Okay, my thing is, even if I was on a date, you dumped me and kicked me out. Am I crazy? Am I being gaslit? Is it normal for a 46-year-old to act this way? A cop, a cop, none, nonetheless. Am I crazy? I didn't leave with him from bar number two because I didn't want to fight and I didn't want the drama. I keep flashing back to him standing in the parking lot and he did look like he was punched, just punched in the gut. But Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, you can't have things both ways. I feel like I'm going crazy and I just need some tea tribe input. I have so much to say. There's so many red flags in that. So many. The fact that you think you're crazy. Yeah. No. Okay. Ugh. Ugh. Where do I start? Okay. First of all, he is, no, this isn't normal 46-year-old behavior. This isn't normal behavior for a 26-year-old. He, you shouldn't be at the point in your life where when you get in fights, like you're sleeping on the couch or you're getting kicked out of the house. He loves that power to be like, I yeah. get out of my house. Yeah. And my parents, like old school Italian, like they didn't want my sister moving in with her husband until she was engaged. Didn't happen. She didn't listen to them. But my mom kept saying, like kind of the saying that you said, like why, whatever, milk the cow when you, why something the cow when you get the milk for free? You know that saying. Because my parents were always, they would always say, and they've always instilled in us, like, men get complacent, and if you're giving them everything they want without the long-term commitment, they're going to not be in a rush to commit to you. So I do agree with that. Like, you moved in with him. You gave up your life for him. He has no rush to to make things official because he's getting what he wants without the commitment of having to buy a ring or legally marry you. So I think your gut is right. You know, you know what's happening. Like you know, um, your gut's right. I don't. I think thirty-seven. While it's daunting to start over, like it's not the end of the world. You could totally go to a doctor, get checked out, see your ovarian reserve. Like, do you have eggs? Are you able to maybe have children on your own? What are your options? I think knowledge is power, and I think leave his ass. He isn't your guy. Like he, just because you're 37, you shouldn't be like, oh, my life's over. So now I need to be with this douchebag. Yeah. You know, like he's, sounds like he's gaslighting you, like you said. Yeah, he sounds really hard to deal with, um, especially being so old. This guy's almost 50 and he's acting like a 15-year-old boy. Like, which means his behavior. He kicks you out every single time you have a fight. That's insane. And he has a child. Like, I just don't understand how he's so immature. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's not worth the drama and the stress. And you seem like you know what you want. And he definitely does not. Mm -hmm. So, again, yeah, like Alyssa said, it's never too late to try to start new. And you deserve someone that's not going to, like, put that pressure and, like, make you feel so shitty every single time something bad happens to your relationship like it's a two-way street Mm. and to show up at the bar and 
like freak out over you being on a date even though you guys broke up that's just such red Mm. flags to me such red flags also i just had an epiphany come to me while you were talking and because i'm thinking about the kids thing yeah when you said he has a kid you already succumb succumb whatever that word is you already came to terms with the fact that you were going to be with someone and not have children so why are you scared to start over when you already were committing to a life without kids yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, what if you meet a great guy and you he has kids that are younger and they become your family or you're able to get pregnant and you have kids with him? It shouldn't have to be like a last resort type of yeah. thing. Like you already kind of came to terms with the fact that like, oh, that's just not going to be in my life. If it's something you want, 100% go after it. But my point is, if you've come to terms with the fact that you're not going to have kids, then who cares if you meet someone at 37 or 47? Yeah. Like, it's never too late to start over. Yeah, totally. Is the epiphany I had. Yeah. Um, Give us an update when, when you get the chance, because I'm curious about this one. And for the rest of you, if there's ever any updates, re- like, email us. Um, The email is twithpublicity at barstoolsports.com. And you could send long-form Sunday Scandies there, as well as any Ask Alyssa questions. You could also always DM me, but the email's great. Everything's always kept anonymous. So, yeah, email us. And now we are going to spill the tea. Thank you guys so much. We're going to end with the Euphoria finale. Yeah. So, first of all, I told you guys last week, I think, that I started watching Joe Millionaire. After boycotting The Bachelor, I'm like, I'm going to watch Joe Millionaire. Like, of course, like, that's what I decide to sink my time into. Um... I have thoughts. I wrote notes. Okay. <laughs> I said both guys, like the two the two leading men, I said they are hot but too closed off for me. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> guys are hot but way too uh, – oh, oh, I know why I said that. I don't know if it's just because it's on Fox, but I think they're like too – right wing for me and I don't want to make like assumptions but they're like country guys who like (laughs) like they are like they like live on farm and they're very for me like I live in New York City I'm so my life is so the opposite of that that they seem to me a little oh I know why I said they're closed off because the one girl has a kid and is divorced and the guy's like yeah, no, like, that's just a, like, basically, that's a red flag to him. Hmm. Like, they just don't seem open-minded enough for me. Yeah. Like, I just got the vibes, like, they grew up in a bubble, and they want to live in a bubble, and they weren't open to anything, like, outside of that, and that, to me, was a little bit of a turnoff. Um, then, yeah, like, the one that's the millionaire has never left the country, he's, He's, like, not wanting to leave his farm life. Like, they're great for the right kind of people that also have those interests. But I, of course, always put myself in the situation of, like, if I was a contestant. Yeah. (laughs) And as a contestant, like, I'm not living in your farm town, personally. I don't blame you. I live in New York City. Like, there's just no way. So those are just, like, my initial, like, thoughts. Funny enough, I know two people that were on the show, so – Annie, who's like real, still in the show, she's like making it to the finals. I think she's going to win. She, like we've gotten um, breakfast together before because she works in PR. And we like did networking together. So it's so funny. So now I'm like rooting Annie on. I knew Monica from TikTok. She got voted off, I think, the first episode or second episode. Um, 
but just such a small world really good show like good to change it up I love it because they get drunk like it's not <laughs> like the bachelor with this two drink limit yeah it's like they're hammering drinks and they're hysterically crying because they're so blackout and they're falling and it's like it's kind of what the bachelor used to be before they put all these like restrictions on it my only thing is it's just like a little it's a little conservative for me I want to say maybe um also guys by the way when I say stuff like that I don't care if you are Republican Democrat I don't care what anyone is I'm just saying for me if I was to date someone personally not necessarily aligns with what I'm looking for um okay love is blind um I watched the finale Gio remind me did you are you watching love is blind no do you care if I just spoil the whole thing? Right no, now? I don't care. I mean, I've <laughs> seen so much stuff on TikTok, TikTok and stuff. I pretty much know what's going on. Shane, Shana, yeah. Natalie, whatever. Okay, you know. You yeah. Know. <laughs> so um, I watched the finale and I made predictions with my friends ahead of time of who I thought would get married, who I didn't, blah, 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 blah. You know what's funny? Watching the final episode, I didn't care because I'm like, this means nothing to me. What they, what their decision was on decision day, I think that's what they call it on Married at First Sight. What their decision was on whatever, the marriage day, didn't matter to me because what I care about is where are they now? Because we know that was a year ago and so much happens between. So I wanted the reunion last week too, which we don't get until this week, which is annoying. So we've seen some spoilers now on TikTok and things come out. Basically, the only couples to get married were, um, I know no one's names, Danielle and Nick, I want to say his name was, and Jared, and I'm getting her name confused with that girl from 20-something. I want to say Aisha, but that's the girl from 20-somethings on Netflix. Jared and, what's her name? Love is blind. Hold on, I'm looking it up on my computer because I hate getting people's names wrong. Oh, wait. Ayana. Ayana. Oh, my God. I was going to say Aisha. That's the girl from 20-somethings. Um, Jarrett and Ayana, they got married. Love them together. I think she seems like the best person on that show. Like, she's so cool and bubbly and just, like, nice. Actually, I shouldn't say that because there's a lot of nice people on the show. All the girls were pretty good except Shayna. Um, but... So I expected those two to get married. I actually called the Danielle and Nick thing. Is his name Nick? Hold on. Let me make sure I'm getting these names right, guys. Danielle and Nick. Yeah, Nick. Oh, I knew it. Okay. I knew they were going to get married. The way they left off that episode with him dripping sweat at the altar, I was like, they're trying to fake us out. Like 100% they're trying to fake us out because I know how editing works. I was like, these two are going to get married. Boom, they got married. Um, Shane and Natalie, I was surprised because the way it was edited made us believe they would end up together. But now I'm hearing through the rumor mill that they were maybe fighting more than they showed us. Um, Again, they leave things out to make us be surprised at the end. So that doesn't surprise me. And then Shake and Deeps, I, you know, I mean, we all know how we feel about him let's be honest um I think I was so happy to see her get her power back both her and Natalie and be like I'm worth more because they both seem like incredible women 
And the whole thing with Shake is I read through that man like a freaking book. At the end of the ceremony, when he got rejected, he was like, it's fine. Let's party. His ego was so bruised and he just like that was totally his defense mechanism. You could tell he was really upset and it kind of felt good. Revenge felt good. Um, I know people have been bullying him like hardcore, so I'm not going to add to that. I mean, we all know his actions were questionable. We all know Shane was like twitchy McGee. But like what people are like, oh, he's on coke. Oh, he's on drugs. I'm not going to say like, I don't I don't know. You could have a twitch. You could have whatever who am I to be like yeah you're on cocaine I have no clue does it look a little suspicious when there's clips of him like snorting the air yes (laughs) there's clips of him like like in the air I'm like okay but I mean it's uh, uh, what am I gonna say we'll see how the reunion goes down um I believe him and Natalie are working on things in real life so we'll see how that all goes but overall great freaking show I already told the talent department team here at Barstool I was like if we have any opportunity to have anyone from that show come on my podcast please please I want someone to come on um now we're going to talk about the euphoria finale Ah! Hmm. I liked it everyone hated it I hated it okay but like no isn't that what shows are supposed to be like they're supposed to make us like feel things not hate the last episode of the first season was so good. This one was so bad. Nothing happened. Sure, okay, there was one big moment. Obviously, spoiler alert, if you're listening and you haven't seen it, stop watching yeah. it right now. Yeah, you have stop to. Stop listening. Okay, Ash's death. That was a big moment. Yeah. But besides, and Fez getting shot. Yeah. But besides that, also, the events leading up to that were so fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. Ash, he is obviously digging his grave yeah. by his stupid actions. And oh. dude, like, Faye was clearly trying to help you guys. Mm-hmm. Why are you making it worse? Why are you such a dumbass? You saw well, him plant 10. something. Uh, he, but he has been exposed to so much stuff. He yeah. should know by now. He's been in the game for so long. Like, he should know not to just be fucking stabbing anyone that they want to see okay so okay i have a different opinion but i love that because i love the i love the back and forth okay my opinion is i think way more happened than people are giving the show credit for i like i think okay i think jules like not jules rue like having her big moment of her skin was clear she was sober she was like no because you could tell they made her complexion look like healthier what does that have to do with because she came to terms with the fact like she was like I it was a big healing episode for Rue like she really came far in her process of like her past and like I loved Lexi's play like am I the only one that loves it so I know the play was great I think a lot of stuff happened but nothing none of the events were of like were, were like had any meaning or purpose throughout the whole season if you well, know there's what I mean. a lot like there's all these big events but it's mm-hmm. like for what i was just gonna say that there's a lot no left undone like what happened with the suitcase yeah where, where's Lori? like how is yeah. she clean for the whole summer and no one's like coming to her door and being like yo you owe me five thousand dollars like what also what's this have to do like i guess my biggest open-ended question is like what's this mean for Fez's character because now what are we gonna do he's in jail for the rest of the show like that's no fun there's just too, there's too many unanswered questions that should have been wrapped up in the finale and they just weren't Jules had 
two words the entire episode. But doesn't that make you now want to watch it even more the next season? Like, I think that's what a finale should be. Like, we're all like, what the fuck? That's what my friend said. She was like, oh, well, this, like, just leads up to season three. I'm tired of having every episode be like, oh, well, this is the build-up mm. for the next episode. Oh, this is the build-up for the finale. Oh, this is the build-up for the next season. Wh- what are we building up to? Like, you want some kind I of answers. I just want some answers. Like, I just want to know why there were so many events that literally led to nothing like cassie and nate what did that Mm. lead to literally nothing i think a lot of it was more subtle than like overt like showing how nate was so abusive that he like morphed his girlfriends into like looking a certain way and dressing a certain way like i think it was more like subtle the whole thing i didn't get to though was nate drunk driving with a loaded gun and then the zip drive, not zip drive, what are those things called, USB? Yeah. <laughs> and then he doesn't even give it to his dad, but then the cops are there, and then he still has this loaded gun in his pocket, and he just drunk drove. I'm like, what does all of this have to do with it? It just, it just makes no, it just, I don't know. There's just so many, to me, the biggest thing was unanswered questions. It's just there's so much stuff that just did not get answered, and it's like, what was the point of all of this? And then, like, the three minutes of uh, Dominic Fike singing, <laughs> like, don't give me that. And it's so Everyone's obvious. Everyone's so mad at that. I loved the song. The song was good. I low-key hope it's on Spotify or something. But I just, I think it must have been a filler for something that happened with Cat or something like that. Because mm. there's just no point of that. There and was, that was, it felt like forever in the episode. I kind of was thinking this is really long for a show. Also, though, sorry if you guys hear something, the heat's making a wonky noise yeah. in the background. Also, though, there was not really like a wrap up with Jules at all. None. She had two words the entire yeah. episode. It's like her entire plot line, like everything that happened with Elliot, everything that happened with Rue, like just for her to like go and sit, sit next to her at the end of the play and be like, I still love you. Okay, bye. Like, mm. You know, like, what? You could have had that happen during Elliot's singing. Like, <laughs> something besides that point. And then poor Kat, like, her entire yeah. her entire character was just totally thrown into the garbage. I know, but was that her choice as well or no? Well, I I, I think, heard it was a disagreement between her and the director or the producer or something. Yeah, I heard that she, like, Sam Levinson... I guess, like, I don't know. There was just a bunch of rumors that they didn't get along and she didn't like the way that he was taking Kat's character. I read that he wanted to give her an eating disorder and she Mm. just didn't want that. But to, like, just completely throw her character out, like, Mm. was just so stupid. And again, the Kat and Ethan, like, their entire relationship. She said she had a brain disorder and all this stuff. And then she's in the crowd, like, and no one's going to talk about that. You know what it was? They dropped, like... 15 bombs this season and then they never gave any of them a wrap up yes you know you know what else I was thinking just like hole in the plot line yeah when the machine guns were firing away like rapid fire yeah Faye would have gotten shot she I think she was in the other room no I know but she was they go through the walls those types of like she was like laying in the room next door like and also Fez would have gotten shot again too between all of that yeah like, I, it just was, like, the so... The biggest uh, problem to me is that the show is written by one person, and that's Sam Levinson, and he clearly just does not have the skill to keep the show carrying on with just him. Like, he needs other p- opinions, I think, mm-hmm. because you can only write a show for so long by yourself, and especially if people aren't getting along with you, like... I think he might have a big ego or something. I was something. just going to say, it sounds like an yeah. ego problem. Like, he he needs to get a second opinion. But, like, 
they obviously he obviously did something right. Like the website crashed. HBO Max crashed. No, I, I think it's still a good show for sure. But I'm just really disappointed with how this season was. It had such high to me. It had such high expectations because season one was so good. Do you know? I feel I almost think the opposite because I'll tell you why. I watched. I binged season one like in one like one or two sittings. Yeah. Whereas with this season, I think the hype of having a weekly show again made me more invested. And yeah. like we don't get that with shows these days. Like things drop. Yeah, and no, I totally. We don't get that hype. So I think something about the way HBO Max had it like episodically, I felt more invested in the show this season. Yeah. And like even like seeing the memes and the tweets and like the way it rolled out to me, I felt more like a part of it this time around. If that yeah. makes sense. Well, I watched it episodically for season one too. Oh, see, I didn't. Yeah. So I had a different like viewing experience. Yeah. So you- I think that's why yeah. it's gotten so much hype on Twitter now because like people aren't um, binge watching it. They're watching it live. Mm-hmm. So that definitely has a better aspect to it. But yeah, I don't know. I just really didn't. Mm. I, it was it was very underwhelming. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so weird. I know. Because I actually hear everything you're saying. And I don't disagree. But I still loved every minute of it. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, I was watching and I was interested. And I I thought it was good. And I was sobbing. The show, I didn't cry. Oh, I was literally sobbing when Fez was like, no, I was sobbing during Rue and Lexi's conversation. Yeah, that was sad. That was really sad. And they showed Rue's dad's funeral literally 10 times. Yeah. Like, how many times are we going to see Rue's dad's funeral? We get it. Like, I'm sorry. It's a big traumatic moment for her. And it's a huge, like, um, storyline. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like the deep rooted issue for Rue forever. But it's like, stop cutting back to the funeral Mm -hmm. where we've heard her have this speech a million times. We've heard this whole scene a million times. And my takeaway was, my takeaway was, she's accepting Lexi back into her life and, like, they're saying sorry, like, they need each other. Like, I felt yeah. so much closure from No, it. I like that scene a lot, for sure. I felt so much closure from for Rue. Like, I yes. was like, oh, my God, she's getting her friend back. She's getting her life together. She's forgiving herself. Yeah. Like, it was a good, yeah. like, moment, a good, like, final moment for Rue, for sure, I think. For her... It was good. Everyone else, like, what? Yeah, I think the subtleties were really good, but the bigger storylines weren't. That's yeah. what it happened. Yeah, and everyone of. was like, no, Ashtray. Like, I don't want Ashtray to die. He deserved it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like, I was kind of like, this You're such a ass. dumbass. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, if I was Fez, I'd be like, what the fuck is seriously wrong with you? Like, you just ruined everything. He, you literally just... And he doesn't speak. Mm-mm. He didn't say one word. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you've been a good brother I just to me. think he's raised so, like, Ashtray was raised, like, from such a fucked up, like, childhood that he doesn't even know right from wrong. Yeah. Like, he just is kind of like, oh, you kill, you do drugs, and you steal. Like, it was just insane. Like, the whole thing was wild. Also, yeah. when I watch shows like this and there's all this violence and stuff, I'm like, this stuff, like, who in your, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's just weird. I'm just like, all this happens in one school district, like, yeah, you know, I, uh, yeah, it's still I, good. I'm going. It to, was good. I just, I was disappointed. I was very disappointed. I'm going to a Euphoria themed party in a few weeks, and like, I need a look. Like, yeah. I'm going to get the outfit, <laughs> but the there's hair, not even the like Euphoria theme. Like, that's such a season one thing too. Like, what happens? All that's like all like the neon they makeup, were, cool stuff. That's all season one. Well, like that purple outfit was the season, and the eyeliner, and like, 
Like, purple outfit? Um, the one, like the purple and green outfits that they wore, like the matching two-piece outfits. Oh, Maddie. Like, I think, yeah, Maddie. like Maddie. Yeah. I, I feel like Maddie's really, like, the euphoria girly. Like, yeah. she's like, okay, that's who you dress up as when you yeah. go to a party. Yeah, totally. So I'm going to do, like, sick hair makeup and just look look bomb. Yeah. Um. Okay, I feel like most people will honestly, like, I saw a lot of people agreeing with what you're saying. Yes. I'm just still in, I'm happy to have a show that is good. That I yeah. enjoy. Like, I feel like what I watch is, like, trash TV, like, reality TV, or stuff, like, I like Euphoria, because I'm not going to, like, sit at home by myself as, like, a single girl and, like, watch Yellowstone. Right. Yeah, like, I like, I like dramas. I like, like, more intense kind of shows like that. Yeah. I thought it was good. Yeah. Funny, though. I love it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Um, Don't forget, we are here every single Tuesday. Watch on YouTube. Listen, Spotify, Apple, wherever. Don't forget to rate, review, and email me. We will be back next week. Thanks, guys. 